Starting from Buffalo, New York, broadcasting all across the United States to worldwide. Welcome to the Jive Yak Podcast. I am Brent, your host for this episode, as for most episodes. Uh, today I am without EP Becky. She is with her family visiting, you know, family members. Um, so what I have for you guys today, no guess. It's just me talking, and I'm going to be bringing uh, some clips that EP Becky and I uh, did uh, in August when there wasn't a lot of content coming up. Uh, We recorded an episode, but we decided to go into another direction for what was supposed to be episode five i'm bringing it into this episode because funny enough when crazy things are going on in in this country as long as you have a way to uh update information a lot of it is still viable so what i'm going to do i'm going to bring up the topics i'm going to be uh letting you know about it uh if there is anything i need to add to it i'll either do it at the beginning or the end and we'll move on that will be the episode and i'll let you guys know what's coming up on the jive yak for october because it's going to be a little bit of a change with who you guys are going to be hearing but we'll save that for the end of the episode but Let me start this episode with a little bit of good news Uh, for all of those that voted in New York State for the primary. Thank you so much. Y'all really made your voices heard. Now, let me talk to the progressives. I, I understand that you guys are. Annoyed and and. Angry over the results at the top of the ticket when it comes to uh, governor, lieutenant governor and uh, attorney general. I, I fully get it. I fully understand it because, you know, we are paying attention to this. We we know what's going on. Now, the thing that we need to understand is that while Cuomo was able to survive his primary battle along with Hochul. The machine, the, the, the power that he obtained since he's been governor has been, well, a lot of the power has been taken away because amazingly enough, out of the eight seats of the independent democratic coalition in uh, the New York state Senate. It's a group of democratic senators who, who at the behest of Cuomo, uh, they started to caucus with the Republican party. And this whole deal happened in 2013. Um, It started with four it by this time 2018 it grew to eight eight democratic senators out of those eight senators six of them lost their seats so that is a huge huge deal because that means that because of you because you 
got out to vote. You recognized who needed to win their primary and who needed to lose. That coalition ended. So as long as you come out and you vote in the general election, you won't have to worry about a Republican rule in the New York State Senate, because as much as as much as it was being told in the primaries that Republicans had control of the Senate, it was true, but it wasn't. It was from a deal that started in 2013, and that whole deal is over, at least for as far as we could tell. So still continue to watch because this fight is not over. I I'm not too excited about Cuomo winning the primary. I will be honest with you. However, to just feel disenfranchised and to feel like your vote doesn't matter. That's how we as a country got into this mess that we're in now. Okay. Don't feel disenfranchised. I understand. I understand feeling disappointed and, and being angry and feeling like you should just cast your vote away. That it doesn't matter. That is the mindset that we had before. We cannot have that mindset. It, we, we, we cannot do that. And I'll just leave it at that. So. Let's talk about topic number one. So to set up topic number one, we're going to be talking about the hashtag Me Too movement. And this is a topic that is very, very close to both EP Becky's and my heart, because it's something that for whatever reason, a lot of dudes still don't fully comprehend. Yeah, it. It, it it bugs me that y- you have people who go, well, it doesn't matter. Um, let, let me give you this, this article as an example. So this came down the pike on CNN.com on uh, September 22nd. Now, this Alaska man has pleaded guilty to assaulting women and gets a pass. Logically, this makes absolutely no sense to me, but let let me read this to you real quick. A man in Anchorage, Alaska, pleaded guilty to assaulting a woman who said he strangled her unconscious and sexually assaulted her. The man then walked out of court with no prison sentence. Quote, but I would like the gentleman to be on notice that this is his one pass. Prosecutor Andrew uh, Grenick said in court Wednesday, according to the CNN affiliate KTVA, it's not really a pass, but given the conduct, one might consider that it is. Now, the guy, the guy in question, his name is just. Justin Schneider, he's 34. Uh, He was accused of kidnapping and assaulting the woman on August 15th, 2017, strangling her until she lost consciousness and then uh, masturbating on her, according to 
court documents. <sighs> to say that things like this happen every day is an understatement. There, there is, there, there are many examples of men admitting that they have sexually assaulted or raped or molested a female and it's just been given a pass. There, there are so many stories about it that when, when you see it up close, it makes you already wonder if you're, if you're a minority, how much of a joke our lawful society is. I mean, it's just, just for someone to admit, yeah, I kidnapped her. I sexually assaulted her. I strangled her until she wasn't conscious and you get no jail time. Nothing. This one article just tells you everything you need to know about the Me Too movement. I'm not even talking about the former head of CBS. Les Moubez, Munez. I don't know his last name. The former head of CBS who stepped down because of sexual assault. And... Nothing's happening to him. And, and you're going you're going to have those who argue and say, well, things like this should happen. And the victim should be able to report it. Or if it's been years and years and years. It's past the statue of limitation. So what's the point? And my response is very simple. My point is it still happened and it's still wrong. No, thanks to great lobbying, the victim may not be able to press charges because they had to deal with this traumatic event, this life-changing, this life-changing moment that placed them on a path that they never thought they would be in forever but be because of our arbitrary that's the word i was looking for arbitrary law system we look at the victims and go well if you didn't wear what you wore or maybe if you didn't talk the way you talked or maybe if you didn't place your hand where you placed your hand on their shoulder or 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 on their hand or uh, there's so many things Maybe if the victim didn't walk a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way, well, maybe they wouldn't have been assaulted. Maybe that perpetrator would not have done anything. Maybe that perpetrator would have just moved on to someone else. You're missing the point. It happened. It happened. 
and it happens to both male and females. It happens to every gender. And the only thing that's going to stop it is if we as a society look and say no more. The whole boys being boys platitude, that's over and done with. The time has passed for boys will be boys. The time has passed for it to just be swept under the rug. There is enough going on that we need to change. And like I said, this isn't the first topic that EP Becky and I uh, are going to talk about. We we go into a few uh, articles when it comes to uh, the hashtag Me Too movement. And we we talk about what some people are doing to stand up not just for female victims, but also male victims. And honestly, that's where topic one is. I hope you all enjoy it. This is a topic that is near and dear to your heart. It is. It's the hashtag Me Too movement. And ever since I found out about it, I've been doing research on it. And um, it's important to me because not only do I have a Me Too story, there are too many people who have a Me Too story. Um, and I've been doing research on sexual abuse and rape for a long time now. And it's, the statistics are staggering. There's no, there's nothing else I can say about that other than completely staggering. And to those who are saying that there are women who are going to come forward and say, oh, she, uh, the, come forward with a story and then say that, oh, she's only doing it for the money or something. There are so little false accusals per every accusation. It's not funny. But we're bringing attention today, the Me Too movement, to a couple of things. So there there's been there there hasn't been a lot of uh, a lot of news media talking about it. But if you actually look, if you actually go online and do a simple Google search, you're going to realize that it is very uh, it's a very important topic across the pond. I actually found a website just before we started that do- that is dedicated an entire section of its website to the Me Too movement and current news going on. Um, that Lindsay Lohan comment actually ended up on it, and since I know that's more recent, it's a good site from what I'm seeing. Okay. Um, so more recently, apparently Trump is joking about the Me Too movement, and um, that is unacceptable for any person with a higher position in the country to do because that's just showing us that 
I can't even gather my thoughts on that. Okay. That's well, how upset I am about that. Well, Let's I, I move can, on to something oh. else. Um, I know what you want to get to. No, no, no. I'm, I can stay on the Me Too topic because there's there's a couple no, things I, that... I, I know, but I know what you want to get to with the Me Too movement. So I, I you know, sure? I know exactly who you want to talk about. And I'm going to let you couple. talk about him. I talk about a couple. Okay. Well, <laughs> what I'm talking about first okay. is Brock Turner. Um, I wanted to talk about him. <laughs> oh Brock Turner mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go on baby now this article that you had sent me about mm-hmm. Brock Turner mm-hmm. um, saying he only ever wanted outer court what is outer court what is outer court what is outer court what is it um, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. E.P. Becky, I need you to explain it. Outer course. He says he only wanted outer course. I'm sorry. If he only wanted outer course, he shouldn't have put his member where it was. All right? That's all I'm saying. What? Calm it down. He only got six months in prison. Dude, shh. We are in an apartment, okay? We have neighbors. He got six months in prison. I... I Believe you me, I am very outraged. However, considering that he is a white man, I'm grateful he got any sort of time. White men statistically don't typically see a cell when it comes to being accused of rape. They don't typically see it. Usually they get let go with a slap on the wrist. So what is outer course Google? comes back oh non-penetrative sexual activity yeah again if that's what he was going for he shouldn't have put his member where he put it all right i understand i'm with you on this but that's what he's claiming he wanted however if that's all he wanted then it it still would have been sexual assault and 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 let, let let's remember that she was unconscious at the time, she didn't know what was going on. Exactly, and that is rape. That is. I, I, I am so okay. Uh, I'll, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on, go on, EP Becky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, ooh, I, I mean, it it, it 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 just makes no sense. I'm, I'm sorry to jump in again, but you know. Oh, you, and to what, be to be honest, he never was convicted of rape. So now I'm pissed off about that. Um, I thought it was a little bit of a win, but not not anymore. Okay. So he's still a rapist, but he wasn't convicted of rape. But, you know. He still has to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. That that I'm sorry. That's a hollow victory. I, I'm, a, I'm a nice person, but you do not want to know what my mind thinks of when it comes to how to deal with these rapists and child molesters and pedophiles. You, you don't want to know you're where gonna, my mind goes. We're, we're editing that out. Oh, okay. no. No, 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 no. No, we're not. No, we are okay. not. So I know that we're going to have to include a trigger warning, however, at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, to anyone who's triggered by the mention of sexual assault or rape or any particular part of it in general, you may want to skip ahead and we'll let you know when it's safe. Um, however, moving back to the Me Too movement and why we're talking about it, um, there was a comment that Lindsay Lohan made and it really makes me disappointed that a female would take this view, but she said that the 
um, that saying me too makes women look weak. It's not that it makes us look weak. Ladies and gents out, out there who have a me too story, it is not a weakness that it happened to you. What it is, is an inexcusable violation of your body and your mind. And, and that's true. Now, now this interview is, is very confusing because Lindsay Lohan decides to contradict herself on multiple fronts. And in, in my opinion, it looks like this. Uh, the, fir the first thing, uh, the first quote of note for me in this interview is when uh, Lindsay Lohan says, I don't really have anything to say. I can't speak on something I didn't live, right? Yes, that is right. Nice. She, uh, Lohan also claims to have no negative Me Too worthy experience working in the movies. So that's that's fine. Now, the problem is when she says what 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 Becky said. When uh when she claims that women basically shouldn't be saying anything. It should well if they say anything on the Me Too movement, it is seen as weak. She said she can't go along with the attention seekers. But then she decides to continue on an interview and says, if something happens to you, you should speak out. Now, at the moment, she says that you should. This is what it says in the in the CNN article you sent me. If okay. it happens at that moment, you discuss it at that moment. You yep. make it a real thing by making it a police report. That doesn't happen, though. A lot of times, the victim, whether it be male or female, and we're going to get into male in a few minutes, they do not talk about it that day. It doesn't it's, happen when it happens. Not only that, it is very hard for a victim of, not a victim, a survivor of sexual abuse, sexual assault, or rape to come forward out of fear or out of Honestly, it mostly goes back to fear. Fear of a their family's reaction to them no longer being pure since we value virginity so much. Um, it goes back to fear of their attacker finding out that they've said something It goes and hurting them. It goes back to fear and it goes back to just it being such a hard emotional thing to go through. The trauma of that can be so scarring yeah and it makes it so difficult for a survivor to talk about let alone process uh, go through the process of trying to put their attacker in prison and for those who go through that process like myself only to be told by the judge that that's why there's that's why 13 year old girls aren't old enough to consent and then let their attacker go. I can't even tell you how much fear I've lived in since that time. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to be able to talk about it. I still don't talk about it with everybody. And I mean, I, I'm not getting into too much detail here, but 
you know, there are definitely different reasons why we don't come forward. Not to mention, the justice system doesn't take it that seriously. Like I told, like you experienced with me, the judge of my case. Oh, the judge was horrible. Exactly. I mean, I, I was just an outsider looking at it. The judge was horrible. Mm-hmm. There's I mean, no that, reason you ever tell some a, a survivor of this that it's their fault because they were too young to consent. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything. I was the nerd of school. I was the kid picked on by everybody in school. I mean everybody. And there wasn't... I dressed weird. I, I was a weird kid. What do you mean dressed? <laughs> Forget you, you. I'm cute. Okay, I'm cute. Yes, you are. Uh-huh. Okay. But anyway. Can I can I just say the full the full quote because I I finally found it. Please do. Okay. So the full quote from what Lindsay Lohan said was if it happens at that moment, you discuss it at that moment. You make it a real thing by making it a police report. I'm going to really hate myself for saying this, but I think by women speaking against all these things, it makes them look weak when they are very strong women. You have these girls who come out who don't even know who they are, who do it for the attention. That, that is taking away from the fact that it happened. And like, <laughs> like, like, like I said, like I said, Lindsay Lohan contradicted herself on multiple fronts in this interview. These are just snippets because we cannot afford the actual website that has the interview because it's a subscription base and we're not on Patreon yet. Let me explain this to you. The, The part of this quote, you have these girls who come out who don't even know who they are who do it for the attention. What attention? There is no positive attention that comes from coming out as a survivor of such a traumatic experience. There really is no good attention that comes from it. You you don't get coddled. You, you have family who might feel bad for you. But what attention? If anything, it makes your family go into like overprotective mode for the most part can't really speak to that for my own family but for the most part they go into overprotective mode they want to protect you yes that that's a good thing but it's not a positive outcome because they shouldn't they should never have had to in the first place oh yeah it shouldn't be that it's maddening it is that entire quote was in it was just wrong you don't you don't call strong women weak. And it doesn't just happen to women either. That's the problem. It's not a it's not a traumatic experience singular to women. And we the Me Too movement is also inclusive of male survivors, which I am proud to hear that Terry Crews Terry Crews has been um working with the movement and speaking out on his experiences and it's so good to see a strong man 
who isn't afraid to talk about what he went through. Oh, it's not it's not just the fact that he that he's talking about it. He is he has gone around gone gone the rounds of talking about uh, toxic masculinity. And, I love that. And I, I honestly dare anyone to walk up to Terry Crews and say that he's not a man. You will get your... Now, the thing about toxic masculinity, I think when men hear that, they are automatically assuming that we're calling them to- toxic. And that's not what we're doing. Well, what's going on? Well, what toxic masculinity is, and I'm going to grab the actual definition. Okay. While, while you're doing that... If anybody from Terry Crews' camp hears this podcast, I know it's a long shot, but Terry Crews, if you ever want to come to Buffalo, holla at Brent and E.P. Becky because I would love to have you on this podcast. Honestly, I will probably spend about five minutes fangirling, no lie. <laughs> and no, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Terry Crews is awesome, all right? I and I told I told you when he was on uh, when he was on another podcast that I listened to a lot, um, and he he broke it down masterfully. He broke down his time in the NFL. He broke down uh, what he feels toxic masculinity is, and uh, and what we as men can do to change what was. Uh, what was given to us by past generations, how we can actually uh, look at our female companions or our spouses and actually be the, be there uh, for them emotionally. And it's not even just so that you can be there emotionally for us. It's the toxic mac- masculinity is a culture of masculinity that makes it to where it's, feminine to have emotion and the website that i found that breaks it down the best is um, from www.tolerance.org and it has this article um saying what we mean when we say toxic masculinity because without the proper context it can sound insulting i get it um i've actually had an argument on facebook with someone well, not so much an argument, but he didn't understand that when I said toxic masculinity, I wasn't calling him toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't understand that. But toxic masculinity is a narrow and repressive description of manhood, designating manhood as defined by violence, sex, status, and aggression. It's the cultural idea of manliness where strength is everything, while emotions are a weakness, where sex and brutality are yardsticks, by which men are measured while supposedly feminine traits, which can range from emotional vulnerability to simply not being hypersexual, are the means by which your status as man can be taken away. I am always supporting my wonderful husband to talk to me about his emotions, about his thoughts, what he's going through, if he's going through a medical issue, He's still a man, and unfortunately... I am stubborn to a fault. Unfortunately, that's the toxic masculinity part, because it was handed down. And I I, I love your mom, but I Oh, do, we're deleting this part. Yes. Okay, so I won't even say it. But it is a learned behavior. It's not something that you automatically are. It's just that it's something you've learned, and... It's something I'm trying really hard to break you of. Yeah. Because you need to be able to 
communicate with me about your feelings. You need to be able to communicate about your medical issues, whether they're embarrassing or not. Like, I'm here for you. And you, if you need a doctor, if you need a, if you need someone to talk to, like, that's what I'm here for. Now, now let me tell you all this. In the time that Becky and I have been together, she does not let me do one word answers for just about anything. <laughs> and that's how I live. All right. It is. He tries, I, and I'm like, no, we, we need to get to the root of this. What's going on? <laughs> one, one word answers. It, it didn't fly when she wanted to know how I felt about her. It didn't fly when <laughs> when, uh, when we started dating. It didn't fly when we moved in together. It didn't fly when we got engaged. And it's not flying now that we're married. So, you know, At it, least you knew from the beginning how this was going to work. Yeah, you're stubborn. <laughs> I'm not stubborn. I care. It's There's a difference between being stubborn and actually caring enough about your partner to want to know what's going on. It's not out of being... It's not out of stubbornness. It's out of love and it's out of caring and wanting to know how you're doing. <laughs> we do actually have a daily check-in. It's kind of cute. Yeah, and yeah. And lunchtime. <laughs> they don't need to know that. <laughs> they don't even know what we sent to each other. Anyway, so <laughs> a big tip of the hat to Terry Crews and seriously, if anybody is listening to this that works with Terry Crews, I would love to have him on the show. I really would. I would too, honestly, because the fact that he brings up toxic masculinity and has his own Me Too, sto- uh, Me Too stories and is basically a male champion right now of the Me Too movement. I would, I adore that. Not that I didn't already adore him as an actor and for other things that he's done, but it just, it makes me happy (laughs) to hear that there's a male as, you know, looked up to as Terry Crews. Like he's a role model for many in the male community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, I would love to have him on. I mean, we, we could talk about a lot. We could talk about Flint, Michigan that still doesn't have water. Yes. Yeah. Clean yeah. water. He, What's he, going on, Michigan? He, he's from Flint, Michigan. We could oh, he is. Yeah. We, could, we would definitely need to talk about that and, then. And we could we could talk about uh, his, his uh, recipe for mac and cheesy. A, uh, it's it's his version of mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan of his. All right. I've, I've been paying to him. I've been paying attention to him long before white girls. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> Terry Crews, yak at us, okay? Um, I, I we wanna, should probably move in. Do you have any more to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I got Harvey Weinstein to, to talk about. Everyone's talking about Harvey Weinstein. No, no, the, the media isn't talking about him. Yeah, they are. I, mm-hmm. I heard about it. You heard about, you heard about uh, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein uh, and his attorneys are filing a court motion to dismiss his sexual assault charges. You heard about that? Well, in case you didn't know and you listening to it, Harvey Weinstein, the dude who was the start of the hashtag Me Too movement because he could not keep his hands and member to himself, is filing a motion to have his charges dismissed because... At his, uh, because from what his lawyers are saying, uh, the prosecutors have failed to show 
uh, evidence to the grand jury. And I I don't know how, how that's possible. Well, it's very hard, especially after years have passed from a, an assault or... Um, Look, Bill Cosby got found gr- guilty, okay? He's also black. Yeah, that's true. Rules are different when you're white and rich. Unfortunately, it's part of white privilege and being white. You know, if I can see it, one day, hopefully, all white people will be able to see it. But it's part of the white privilege that comes from being white and on top of that, male and rich. Yeah. Um, Bill Cosby doesn't have that same privilege, even though he's rich and, you know, basically Ameri- used to be America's grandpa. Used to be. Oh, boy. But Henry Cavill opened up his mouth and apologized. Uh, Casey Affleck talks about the harassment allegations for him. Uh, we're going to have a link to all of this in the episode because this is a lot to talk about. Oh. Okay, so what's oh going goodness. on with Casey Affleck? Oh, you want to talk about Casey Affleck? You can do it. I just want to be caught up so I can put my two cents in too. Okay. So, with uh, Casey Affleck, he had a recent interview and he touched on uh, the Me Too movement uh, since resurfaced sexual harassment uh, allegations forced him to avoid uh, participating in the Oscars. This is an article from the Rolling Stone. It will be linked down below. Uh, speaking to the Associated Press, Affleck discussed his decision to break tradition and skip this year's Academy Awards, where as winner of Best Actor for Manchester by the Sea, uh, the previous year he was scheduled to present Best Actress. Uh, instead, past winners Jodie Foster. Uh, Jodie Foster and Jennifer Lawrence presented the award. Quote, I think it was the right thing to do just given everything that was going on in our culture at the moment, Affleck said. And having two incredible women go present the Best Actress Award felt like the right thing, end quote. Um, The allegations against Affleck stem from a pair of sexual harassment civil lawsuits he faced while director of the 2010 uh, Joaquin Phoenix quasi-documentary I'm Still Here. Although Affleck denied any wrongdoing, he ultimately settled both lawsuits. Um, That's basically it in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean... What can be said? And I'm going to say that I'm going to say that a lot throughout the rest of this episode. What, what more can be said? It if you if you say if you if you touch someone the wrong way if you if you do something the wrong way you are going to be looked at as you know as a sexual and it's harasser. not even that it's did you get the consent of the other party to do this if not then you deserve to be looked at in that light that is the question i mean getting consent makes things so much easier that's why scammers do it <laughs> Just saying. All right. <laughs> so there there is so 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 much. Like I said, we're going to have 
everything that we didn't talk about with the Me Too movement and everything that we did uh, touch on with the Me Too movement. All right, it's time for topic number two, and we are going to get political up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no EP Becky telling me I can't. (laughs) Yes. So there has been a lot going on uh, recently when it comes to something that always shows up every time we record. And I'm going to touch on it once again, because it is completely wrong that we as a nation still do absolutely nothing about and it's one of the reasons why i say on this microphone as many times as i have to and as many times on my facebook page as i have to vote let's talk about the immigrant children so this week i was i was getting over a cold a virus I, I don't know what I had but but this week has been horrible <laughs> to put it mildly um but I'm, I'm feeling better now anyway I received a uh Facebook message from uh from John and if you listen to the last episode you will be able to Uh, listen to him and figure out where he's from but he sent me an article uh, from the AP and the title is federal agency says it's lost track of 1,488 migrant children let me say that again federal agency says it's lost track of 1,000 488 migrant children. Okay. The article starts off twice in less than a year. The federal government has lost track of nearly 1,500 migrant children after placing them in the homes of sponsors across the country, federal officials have acknowledged. The Health and Human Services Department recently told Senate staffers that case managers could not find 1,488 children after they made follow-up calls to check on their safety from April through June. That number represents about 13% of all unaccompanied children the administration moved out of shelters and foster homes during that time. Uh, The agency first disclosed that it had lost track of 1,475 children late last year as it came under fire at a Senate hearing in April. Lawmakers had had, uh, asked HHS officials how they had strengthened child protection policies since it came to light that the agency previously had rolled back safeguards meant to keep Central American children from ending up in the hands of human traffickers. Uh, Quote, the fact that HHS, which placed these unaccompanied minors with, with sponsors, 
doesn't know the whereabouts of nearly 1,500 of them is very troubling, end quote, Republican. Uh, Senator Ron Portman of Ohio, the panel's chair, said Wednesday, uh, quote, Many of these kids are vulnerable to trafficking and abuse and to not take responsibility for their safety is unacceptable. Now, you're going to have people who you're going to have spokespeople for HHS say, no, the kids aren't lost. We know exactly where they are. They're easy to find. As the current head of the HHS department said during his confirmation hearing, all he's going to have to do is type in a few letters and boom, he will know the whereabouts of the children. That's not the case. In less than a year, close to 3,000 kids have been lost. And we still have hundreds of children in detention centers currently without their parents because their parents have been deported already. Or or they are with their parents in detention centers, which are growing and blowing up. Not not blowing up literally, but these detention centers have hit capacity and this makes America great. Can you feel the greatness of this country with the thought of 3000 kids missing? If you are a parent, actually think about your child because the whole argument of they shouldn't have been here in the first place. You're missing the point. Think about your kid. Look at your child and tell me how you would feel if you couldn't reach them. If, if they were missing because the risk of them falling into the hands of human traffickers is real. And since these kids don't have their parents or someone who cares about them since funny enough we as a country are taking are 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 taking undocumented people who are trying to step forward and say that they will foster these kids to protect them those undocumented citizens are being arrested that's what ice is doing these are undocumented people who are not doing anything. They're not gang banging. They're not they're not trying to cause a ruckus because they know that they are undocumented. And if they step one toe out of line, they may be found out. But they are taking the risk to say we will step in for these kids and ICE has already arrested them. This makes America great, right? This is what we wanted to see. When we thought of change in this country, this, this is what makes us so great. You know, it's, it's, not, just, it's not just this that, that sets me off. Uh, also, 
<laughs> we have uh, come across. Well, let me just read this this uh, title for you. Uh, this is from CNN.com. Trump admin moves $260 million from cancer research, HIV, AIDS, and other programs to cover custody of immigrant children costs. So, the Trump administration is planning to shift more than $260 million to, to cover the rising cost and strain of housing thousands of undocumented immigrant children in their custody, including millions of dollars from programs like cancer research and HIV AIDS prevention. The request comes as the program has been strained by record high levels of children in custody, driven in large part by the new policies that are holding kids longer and making it more difficult for them to be released to adults such as family members. It also comes amid news that the Department of Health and Human Services once again could not locate 1,500 children it had released over a three month period there are more than 13,000 children currently in HHS custody spokeswoman Evelyn Schaufer told CNN the number fluctuates daily but that is higher than the record setting 12,800 in custody last week the program request is detailed in a letter to Senator Patty Murray Democrat of Washington and other lawmakers from HHS Secretary Alex Azar dated September 5th, which was obtained by CNN. In the letter, Azar said his agency is reallocating up to $186 million from other posts of HHS money and up to $80 million from refugee programs that are being uh, little used as the administration slashes the yearly number of refugees admitted into the country. I'm going to get into that also before we get into uh, the clip that the Becky and I did. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security similar similarly uh reprogram more than 200 million to cover immigrant detention this month including 10 million from the federal emergency management agency 10 million was taken away from fema and we just had hurricane florence yeah make america great so 260 million have been moved from cancer research it's been moved from HIV and AIDS research programs to prevent it. Ten million has been taken away from FEMA. All to deal with the private corporations that have the detention agency, the detention centers for these immigrant children that are being held so much longer. Okay. One last thing, and then we'll get into the clip. So, uh, this comes from NBC News. Uh, Trump admin rule would deny green cards to immigrants who took food stamps and Medicaid. 
among others. (laughs) So, the Trump administration announced a proposed rule Saturday that would make it harder for immigrants already in the U.S. legally. Legally. Not illegally. We're, We're talking about legal immigrants as well as those seeking to enter to obtain visas or green cards if they have ever been dependent on certain public benefits like Medicaid, food stamps, or public housing. The proposal, which can become rule after a public comment period, rewrites a 1999 rule that limited green cards from immigrants who were dependent on cash benefits but did not take into consideration health care, or non-monetary benefits. Originally, the rule known as public charge began in the 1800s as a way for the U.S. to deny entry to immigrants who were likely to become a drain on the economy. Uh, Quote, this proposed rule will implement a law passed by Congress intended to promote immigrant self-sufficiency and protect finite resources by ensuring that they are not likely to become burdens on American taxpayers, said Department of Homeland Security Secretary Christian Nielsen. Uh, as NBC News previously reported, earlier versions of the proposed proposal included more draconian measures such as limiting green cards and citizenship for immigrants who had used Obamacare or certain tax credits. I'm, I'm just going to stop right there. Because I, I, I brought this up. I, I think I brought this up in the last episode. If I didn't, well. But, yeah, if you are a legal immigrant and you were following the law to get the affordable care, affordable, uh, affordable care, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, now you are running a risk of not being able to get a green card or visa. Surely the surely this makes America great, you know? That this is what we have been waiting for. This right here is what will put us above every other nation. Get out of here with that. So I'm I'm just going to get into the polit the political uh topic that EP Becky and I did. Be right back. Let's look at politics, 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 politics. politics. Woo! I, I feel like I feel like we should start with uh, the Trump regime and then go to the DNC because I I, I have a lot to say to uh, Chairman Tom Perez about the news headline that he recently made this this past week. So I'm 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 gonna save Mr. Prez for later. Let let's start with I, I don't even know. 
let, let's look at immigration, okay? Uh, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, hundreds of children are still not reunited with their family partially uh, because the parents were kicked out before they could find the children. Um, and while you have those who say, well, illegal immigrants shouldn't be here in the first place, it has come to light that the Trump regime wants to limit citizenship for legal immigrants. Uh, this proposal comes from Trump's, uh, one of Trump's senior advisors by the name of Stephen Miller. Uh, Stephen Miller, in my opinion, is not a savory guy, to say the least. So now, now it's a matter of if you are a legal, let, let me say this clear, legal, not, not illegal. You, you did everything right. You are a legal immigrant and you, you take public assistance like child health care, like Medicare, Medicaid, like Obamacare. Okay. Let, let me say, let me say this in case you don't know. When Obamacare first came out, it was required by law that everyone had to say had to get it. Let me say this again. When Obamacare originally came out, when the Affordable Care Act originally came out, it was required that all citizens get it. Okay? If you with with this new proposal, if you are a legal immigrant and you had any public assistance, that would stop you from becoming a citizen. This is what makes our nation great. This. Absolutely not. Th th this helps our nation become what what past presidents like Reagan called America as a shiny, what, the shiny beacon on the hill? Something like that. Something about, something about something shiny on the hill. All right, I'm, I'm not a Reagan fan. All right, I, I'm just saying. Look, this isn't what America was based on. This isn't anything that America should be going through. It really isn't. This America was founded on immigrants. After, you know, we stole the land from Native Americans, you know. And America's done a lot wrong. <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> In the 200 plus years, it's been a country. And it really hasn't been a country that long. It hasn't even been 300 years. America, America is not perfect at all. I mean, we're at still all. supposed to be a developing country. That's. Like, yeah, but the problem is we have younger nations who are more advanced than us. It, it, it makes no sense why a nation that likes to boast itself on being so great, of being so mighty, of being a wealth of diversity and progress. <laughs> and, that is a lie. That's a huge one. And like the only people that have wealth, this isn't even the land of opportunity anymore. You can't come to America, make a minimum wage job and afford a home or afford 
an apartment, uh, groceries and everything else that comes with, you know, expenses that are needed, necessary expenses. You can't. No. It takes, if you're in a relationship and you move in together, it takes two people. And and we know this from experience because I was only making 25 cents over minimum wage and we were still struggling because I was the only one working. Yeah. So it takes two incomes for a married couple of just two people to live paycheck to paycheck basically and (laughs) somewhat a a tiny bit comfortably i I mean case in point one one of our friends here one of our friends that we know works in the medical field and she she makes from from what she she told us that she made it it made our jaws drop but she was saying that she could barely afford her apartment her car her food so, you know, when with with things like with things like uh, jobs, not job wages being where they are stagnant to and, and, and to the point job, of decreasing. And then job listings stating that, you know, entry level, what they're looking for is five years of experience. Like that's not entry level at that point. Oh, no, it's not. It's not an entry you, level position, but you're listing it as one. That's not right. We we have entry level jobs that that say that you need a Sabby, bachelor's yeah. or a master's and mm-hmm. and Sabby, I'm I'm mentioning this one for you because we talked about it yesterday. Much love, bro. <laughs> I mean, it 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 makes no sense. But but besides besides what's going on in the immigration battle right now with the regime and you know everyone else who has common sense there there is so 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 many things wrong with everything going on and and I know I know we just we just did uh we just did immigration but i i need i need to go i need to circle back to it because uh there was an article that i found from npr uh from 2017 ever since uh ever since word of the child detention centers came i i needed to know where the money was going to and i finally found an article right here uh, is called Big Money as Private Immigrant Jails Boom. Boom. Uh, and I'll, I'll just read part of it to you. The Trump administration wants to expand its network of immigrant jails. In recent months, immigration and customs enforcement has been called for uh, five new detention facilities to be built and operated by private prison corporations across the country. Critics are alarmed at the rising fortunes of an industry that have fallen out of favor with the previous administration. Uh, the Joe Corley Detention Facility is a sprawling complex surrounded by shiny uh, concertina wire located in Conroe, Texas, about an hour north of Houston. Uh, ICE spends more than $2 billion a year, $2 billion with a B, billion dollars a year 
on immigrant detention through private jails like this one. Uh, the Corley facility is owned by GEO Group, the nation's largest private prison company. Uh, ICE and the U.S. Marshal Service pays GEO $32 million a year to house, feed, and provide medical care for a thousand detainees. So, our government is paying these private companies to fill up detention centers to get as many people in there as they possibly can. This is supposed to be okay. It, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's not just the, the immigration detention centers. We're talking about this company, GEO Group, having the highest number of owned private prisons in the U.S. Okay, yes, past administrations wanted to end private prisons. That, that's what the past administration wanted to do. But unfortunately, the Trump regime wanted to continue it. Because why not? Everybody's making money, right? And that's the name of the game. Get as much money as you can for as cheap as you can. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What 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 you gotta say? What you gotta say, baby? I've said what I can about the administration i don't have anything new to add it's disappointing it's upsetting it's disgusting it's everything america wasn't and isn't or shouldn't be i i got one more i got one more i'm i'm not i'm not going i'm, I'm not save going it for the left. next one this this is about the detention uh centers oh, okay okay uh, this was one of the early ones that I sent you. Uh, it's from the Huffington Post. Uh, in detention, troubling cases of self-harm among migrant youth. Um, yes. And I, I saw that also. That is very upsetting that they are resorting to that, but it's a result of the trauma that they're going through. Yeah. Um, I saw an article earlier that ICE is looking to remove all of the reports of sexual abuse and child abuse so that they, I guess, they can keep doing what they're doing. I'm, I mean, unfortunately, they have the power to do it. it I, that, I that's, know. That's, that's what the Trump regime have given them the power to do. They can erase as much information as possible or alter it so that... Nobody can find it. And the thing I want to say to all those who don't think that this is a problem, it's a matter of time before it's your own kids. And what would you do if this was your child self-harming because they've been through something as traumatic as being separated from you? What would you do if it was your child being sexually abused and raped and just physically abused by members of your government? Or members of a government that was supposed to be there for you in times of strife. 
this isn't a summer camp. I, I don't care what commentators say that. This is not a summer camp. This isn't just a fun time to be had by those illegal kids on your dime. No, the, these are kids who are away from their parents, who are forced to sleep on a hard ground with a foil blanket. You, you want your kids to sleep on a foil blanket? Because I can tell you that it's not comfortable. Not only that, but these kids have been lost to the system. To the same system that separated their them from their parents. They have been lost. And it's the same system who looks at them and says, Oh, your family gave you up. They don't want you anymore. You're unloved. So they're being abused and sexually assaulted by these by different ICE officials or 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 different different workers and and th I'm I'm just gonna ask you this is what makes America great? No, absolutely you, not. You 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 want to look and ask me th this is what makes America great? To conservative white people, it is. No, it's not. Uh, no, I know, I agree, but to conservative white people, that's what this is. And those are the same people that will hold a Bible up and cry. And we are going to wrap this up uh, with some good news and let you guys know what's on the docket. Well, I shouldn't say we, more like me. Uh, I'm going to let you guys know what's on the docket for October. So, uh, like I said at the beginning of this episode, a bit of good news is the fact that uh, six of the eight members of the Independent Democratic Coalition in the New York State Senate, or as I like to say, since the anagrams match up very perfectly, the I Don't Care Coalition, uh, six of those seats have been won by the uh, primary challenger. So this should be an interesting uh, general election when it comes to the New York State Senate. That's why I said at the beginning, do not give up hope because this can change a lot. Yes, you're still going to, you're going to most likely have to deal with Cuomo, but still. Don't be so angered or down in the dumps because of it, because this can actually help. So another bit of good news that uh, came down to Pike, we have former ESPN uh, host analyst. Uh, Jamel Hill, she has a new gig lined up after leaving ESPN, the outspoken host who is not afraid to say what is on her mind. And in, in my personal opinion, who left behind a legendary, uh, a legendary legacy that won't be forgotten. She has been uh, selected to narrate 
a documentary a series coming to Showtime called Shut Up and Dribble. Now, this uh, docuseries is f- uh, being produced by LeBron James and his Spring Hill Entertainment Group. Uh, this is an article taken by uh, thespun.com. So thank you guys for putting this out here. And I'm I'm happy about it because this is someone who honestly should not have been fired in my opinion. She has an opinion. She could have those. Just like LeBron James, he has an opinion. He should have those. And the fact that they're using the title Shut Up and Dribble is perfect. I mean, that, that's just great. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out uh, on Showtime. Ah, It's supposed to be debuting on Showtime in November. And like I said, it is a three point docuseries, a three part. It's supposed to be a three part docuseries. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and also from John, he sent me an article uh, from Business Insider. And it says legalizing medical marijuana shows no effect on crime rates in the U.S. I mean, it goes for itself. It's medical marijuana. It's not supposed to increase the crime rates. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure that all this information is set for y'all. We're going to have it all set when uh, this episode comes out. Uh, So let me wrap this up. Thank you guys for joining me and the pre-recorded EP Becky on this journey. Uh, We fully appreciate it. What's coming down the docket for October? Well, it is Halloween Halloween month. month, month, month. And because it is Halloween month, I am not going to be around. Um, Halloween is just really not something I'm all that into interested in maybe it's from my upbringing maybe it's just how i am as a person i don't know um but that being said new episodes of the podcast is still going to come out uh ep becky is going to be hosting it she told me she has a plan uh and she told me that she's ready for it we will see on both uh, we're, we're still going to have these episodes coming out every two weeks, hopefully. And honestly, I'll be back in November. Uh, I'll be workshopping a few ideas when it comes to the podcast so that you guys can enjoy it. Um, if you are listening to it, Please share us. Give us a comment. Let us know what you think. The only way for us to improve is with your help. So uh, we fully appreciate that. If you want to send us a email, uh, you can contact us at thejiveyak at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at thejiveyak. We have old videos on YouTube that I really need to find. 
fix and that's also at the drive yak if you work for a nonprofit, if you own a nonprofit, if you work for a union or if you know someone who is the head of a union and wants to come on, if you have a business that you feel helps out the community, if you are a chef and you think you have great food, if you are a artist, a painter, a musician, a poet, uh, if you are interesting and you want to come on the Jive Yak, send me an email. Let us know. That way we could get you on the podcast. We could talk to you. We could hear your story and we can show what you can do. Because that's one of the things that the Jive Yak is for. It's not just being upset at what's going on in the world. I want to showcase talent. I want to showcase what makes humans great because with the people in power, we need something to be proud of. So with that being said, on behalf of EP Becky, I'll see you guys in November. Keep yakking. Yeah, no, that's not the end of the episode. So funny thing about pre-recorded podcasts uh when you finish recording something you feel confident in your editing and there's breaking news you have two choices you can either bang your head in anger and frustration and continue recording or you can bang your head in anger and frustration and just continue editing it and ignore it Unfortunately, I have no choice but to choose the former, but a bit of good news. I lied at the beginning and said that EP Becky won't be joining us because she's here right now. Hey, baby. Hey, handsome. How you doing? Shoot, I'm happy now. (laughs) Same. Oh, my gosh. Although I did enjoy my time in Virginia. Yeah, I bet. However, I did catch a bit of the news that um, you're referring to, and we can talk about that more. Good. I need I need something to uh I need I need to do something because today, while you were on the road returning back to Buffalo, I was at work dealing with the news and just well, you saw my Facebook post. I I wasn't exactly happy. I haven't seen it yet. I don't think I may the, have the the kid and banging his head on the oh yeah i saw yeah, that one yeah that that that's that was hilarious on. i'm gonna have to save that by the way it was out of pure frustration okay <laughs> i know i uh, understand so so let let's just talk about this real quick so in case you didn't know there have been not one but two, possibly three new women who have stepped forward to accuse Brett Kavanaugh of doing something to them. And that's actually what I was referring to. Um, I was sitting at breakfast this morning with my twin as we were um, eating just before we checked out of our hotel and um, we caught that news story. We talked about it at breakfast and chased away an older Asian gentleman <laughs> was also in the... Wait, 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 whoa, 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 what? 
Yeah, we were talking about it, and, the and, and you chased away an old Asian person. That that's that's what I'm I'm trying to get. I I I sense a story. You better spill. Um, it wasn't so much that uh, we verbally chased him away. It was just I guess our topic of conversation made him get up and walk away. Oh, okay. Yeah, that happens at work with me. Yeah, that I understand. Mm. No one wants to get into the politics of it because it's easier to turn a blind eye pretend it doesn't exist so we have a lot of sources um according to yahoo entertainment third brett kavanaugh accuser to go public in next 48 hours lawyer says michael avenatti uh stormy daniels lawyer uh told political that a client of his will go public with more details of sexual misconduct accusations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh in in an on-camera interview within the next 48 hours. Uh, On Twitter over the weekend, Avenatti suggested he represents a third Kavanaugh accuser after a second woman surfaced in a report by Ronan Farrell on Sunday. Avenatti said that his client previously has previously done work with the State Department, uh, the U.S. Mint, and the Department of Justice. So this is someone in the government. My concern is that there's going to be too many people who call her a liar and say that she's ruining his career Okay, so I, I get that. And there's going to be a lot of people who say, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? This isn't a trial. That that's It really the, isn't. That, I get that. That is the first thing that people need to understand. This is not a trial. Yet. And, and, like, and like I said earlier, this is a hearing, okay? It, it's not based off of, off of a court of law simply because... There are statues of limitation. And it's so infuriating that uh, Trump and his supporters have been saying, well, I don't know why they haven't come up sooner and said it. Let me explain. Oh, please, please. Okay, so there are many reasons that someone may not feel comfortable with coming forward and reporting um, sexual abuse or rape. And some of those reasons include um threats whether it be to themselves or people they care about and others include just not feeling comfortable talking about it because it is a scary thing to talk about nobody wants to admit that they've been a victim of such a violent crime and it is violent whether or not you know violent force was used it's still violent because it's someone violating you you know it's just that simple that in itself is an act of violence another reason could be that society is just going to look at you so much different it's never a positive thing in society i mean look at what happened to the first accuser she got death threats she had to leave her home she had so many issues happen because she came forward with her truth. 
And, and it's a shame that things like this happen because when, when you look at it, one person coming forward and saying that, saying that Brett Kavanaugh did something should be enough. People have withdrawn their names for judgeships or, or cabinet memberships or high-ranking officials for much less. We have had a precedent of people removing their names from nomination because they have smoked marijuana. But for, but for whatever reason, putting your member out there and making somebody look at it and or touch it or it's even worse enough. or even worse things um but i think you need to stop referring it to it as that because honestly i feel that's kind of part of the problem we're not looking at it as seriously as it is it is rape it is sexual abuse and we need to start referring to it to make people uncomfortable because the more people uncomfortable about it are going to realize this isn't what I want to know has happened to somebody. Yeah. I want to get this to stop because it's an ugly thing. And like, we need to refer to it as such. It's ugly. It, it's horrible. Earlier today, I was, uh, while I was pumping gas coming home, um, I was on my Facebook page and one of, one of our former co-workers was talking about it. And she was talking about how um, she was defending, not, not Kavanaugh, she was defending the accusers because she went through it herself and people on her people on her page were defending Kavanaugh like no you need to understand that while it's a shame that you went through it you can't just do a blanket statement because all these accusations can ruin his life and and I was just what about her life it's already been ruined what about my life because I've been through this like, there was a time where facing the reality of what happened to me shattered me. Like, I was so broken. And, and that's what happens to women after this happens. After, or men even, who go through rape. And anyone who's been raped or sexually abused. And I know this is a heavy topic, but it, we have to call it what it is. Because it's ugly. And we need to face the reality of this ugly, violent crime. We need to stop slapping people on the wrist for that and saying, oh, it's ruining their lives because they've ruined the lives and hurt the people that they have victimized. Mm -hmm. And it is so hard to pick yourself back up from that. Just speaking from my own experience, it's so difficult, the lasting damage that it does to you. I still have nightmares. I can't, there, there will be times where I think I'm having a, a fantastic day. I'll go to sleep and I'll have nightmares. That's, that affects my waking hours because then I'm thinking about the nightmare. Then I'm, you know, tired because I didn't sleep well that night. Mm -hmm. And not only that, like, there are mental issues that come with it. Depression, anxiety, even more serious issues like PTSD, and if there was enough trauma, it can even cause bipolar disorder. I, I mean, it, it's it's like uh, the article that I that I was talking about uh, earlier in the podcast about 
uh, this Alaska man who pleaded guilty to assaulting a woman and literally gets a pass. The the prosecutor literally said, this is a, let, let me read the quote to you again. I, I know that you guys heard it already. But, I haven't. So. But like I said, you've been away. I've been spending time with my family um, in Virginia. <laughs> Funny story. They don't have internet. Um, they are in such a, remo- a remote part of Virginia that they don't get internet. And phone service is not the best. No, I'm not complaining. I enjoyed every moment with my family. I, I'm i so glad that I reconnected with my family and I got to, I get to see and have a relationship with my grandmother. I've met my aunt finally. I get to talk more with my cousin who... I've learned I have so much in common with. It is so nice to have a female in my family that likes makeup and likes horror movies and, you know, like all of those things and clothes. Keyword is makeup. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, I felt like the only one for so long who used makeup. And I only learned that I like it once I got with you. (laughs) Hey, hey. If I could show you the way to your feminine side. You know what? You you showed me a whole new world. (laughs) Okay, Princess Jasmine. All right. So, but. uh, Am I your person? Woman. I'll stop. (laughs) Too much. Too much. Okay. We got to get back on topic. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The quote is, but I would like to, I would like the gentleman to be on notice that this is his one pass. Prosecutor Andrew Granick said in court Wednesday, according to CNN affiliate KTVA, uh, quote, it's not really a pass, but given the conduct, uh, one might consider that it is. It's a pass. You, you want to know what he did? What did he do? Well, he uh, he was accused of kidnapping and assaulting uh, the woman. I, I vaguely remember hearing about this, but I don't have all the details. He he, uh, he was masturbating. He kidnapped her, choked her until she wasn't conscious, and masturbated on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is yeah. highly frustrating that <laughs> all he... Wait, what was... What happened in that case where the judge said it's his one free pass? Like, what happened? He did not serve a prison term. Is he a registered sex offender at the very least? Please tell me that at least he's now a registered sex offender. He lost his job as an air traffic controller for the federal government as a result of the case. You know. I'm going to say this. Women are pretty much second class citizens in America. It's it's okay to acknowledge this. It's not okay that it's the truth, but, you know, we truly are basically second class citizens. The only people in this country who have any privileges are white men. Okay, here you want to know the tough things he did with accepting this deal? He was charged with four felonies, including kidnapping and assault. Uh, he pleaded guilty to a single felony assault charge in the second degree in exchange for a sentence of two years with one suspended plus three years probation. 
Uh, he recruit he received credit for time served while wearing an ankle monitor and living with his wife and two children. Uh, the judge accepted the deal, noting the outcome of the case could be described as breathtaking. That is an understatement. He said uh, the decision was based on the prospect of rehabilitation. He also told Schneider, the guy who did this, this can never happen again. Oh, yeah, it's going to. Oh, yeah, it's going to. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, she probably wasn't the first one he did that to. She's not going to be the last. Definitely not. And that's the sad thing about America. Like, it's, oh, what this did was let men, white men, sorry, know that the judicial system doesn't care. Mm -hmm. They can do whatever the heck they'd like (laughs) because we know the outcome of my case Mm -hmm. i mean not all the listeners do oh it's in it's in here oh okay so like like you will know episode five is (laughs) in here yay well not to rehash old burns it's infuriating it really is like i can't and that's not even the right word, because it, it, it's it's a matter of it's a matter of principle. How is this okay? How can we live in a society where we say it's okay if you if you choke a girl if she's unconscious while drunk and you do stuff to her? How is this okay? And we live in this kind of society. We talked about this actually with brothers doing better. Yeah, it's called a patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> And it is called, <laughs> oh, Lord, it's called so many things. Um, but this is the reason feminism is needed, definitely. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Women are people. If you wouldn't, and I don't know why we have to break it down this way, but if you wouldn't want this done to your wife, daughter, sister, or mother, why is it okay to happen to somebody else? And it shouldn't be broken down that way. As decent human beings, it shouldn't be an issue. We should respect each other's bodies. We should be able to say it to control ourselves. And it starts so young in schools with the dress code. Women are told from the get-go that we have to dress a certain way or it's distracting to our male peers. That's not my problem. I didn't go and dress up that way on purpose. I dressed in something comfortable. If he pops a Woody, that's not my problem. Exactly. I. It's not my fault. I mean, not to mention, like, being a teenager as a male can usually be a really frustrating time because you can pop a Woody over nothing. <laughs> Unfortunately, guys. Yes, I know. Why am I talking about that? Because... I know. (laughs) But at the same time, we need to be teaching our sons and our friends, any males that are close to us, we should start teaching them at a very young age. But if they didn't get that teaching because 
the patriarchy is still very strong in the society. We need to teach them that if a woman says no, she means no. She'll let you know if she's consenting or not. Mm-hmm. It will be very clear. It, it won't be, no, don't do this. And she means yes. That's hardly ever the case. I mean, unless there's a kink out there, and that's cool too. But usually that's something that's discussed with your partner first. Yeah. We need to teach them that it is their responsibility to control themselves. Because as we all know, there are women in the LGBT community who go through high school being LGBT. They can control themselves. Men that are in the LGBT usually control themselves. You don't always hear about stories about them in the people in the LGBT community committing these crimes. It's not that that is a talking point though when when people when uh we had that whole uh discussion on uh bathrooms no longer being well transsexuals being able to use the bathroom that they not transsexuals uh, transgender transgenders when that argument was going on sorry that's okay when when that argument was going on um the talking point was you're going to have all these transgender people molesting your kids and, and all these gay people are going to molest your kids every argument in this recent time had to do with gay people molesting kids and that's really not what's going on yeah the sad thing about that is it really isn't what happens like it rarely happens and it's because in my opinion like the the lgbt have to fight so hard just to have normal human rights as it is why would they screw that up why for what for for a child no the only people that are going to abuse children in that way or rape them are pedophiles. Put the blame where it belongs. So let let's let's move on to a lighter topic. <laughs> lighter. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. So uh, again, while I was at work, um. The other news that broke was Rod Rosenstein, uh, our Republican Deputy Attorney General, is resigning. And then it was a report that he was fired. And then it was a report that he's going to the White House to resign and or to be fired. (laughs) Okay, so... If you've been living under a rock, let me explain who he is. He has control over the Mueller probe. He's the guy that chose Robert Mueller to be the special prosecutor, the independent counsel, uh, to look into whether or not 
uh, Trump had help in the 2016 election. This is another one of those things where you should really call it what it is. Collusion. Yeah. We really need to stop sugarcoating life because it's not... It's not gumdrops and rainbows, guys. As well, much as I hate to say that. There well, are positive things, yes, but we need to stop the, sugarcoating. The law doesn't have a rule for collusion. They have conspiracy to... Com- to uh, treason, I know. Yes. So we could say we could say treason. So conspiracy to com- to you know be a traitor against the country. So basically, what they did to Hamilton. Mm. So what happened? He uh, Rosenstein had a conversation with Trump, and they agreed to meet on Thursday, which, according to many different news outlets. He is expected to be fired, which is not a good thing because now you have to put in play that there will be nothing protecting the Robert Mueller probe. This investigation will hit a standstill, especially with a new person who Trump can control. This new person can maybe not do the obvious thing of just get getting rid of the probe but they will then have a say on who Mueller can and cannot interview on who Mueller can and cannot talk to on what Mueller what information Mueller finds if it can be used or if it can't be used this person can impede the investigation to a standstill so that Trump can continue on feeling like he is getting out of trouble scot-free and with Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court he's going to feel that way anyway this is not good for us this is not good for us as a country this is not good period I am like like I like what's on my Facebook page I am the little kitten banging their head on the desk I just want to sleep <laughs> and not feel like legal immigrants are the scourge of the earth and that women are humans and that black people are humans and that people are of color are humans. Seriously, I am so tired of all these reports. But On brighter news... I got to go to a kitten cap a cat cafe today, <laughs> and we have decided that it is our not, it is now our tradition whenever we're on the way home from Virginia, that we are going to stop at this cat cafe because the cats are so freaking cute. Oh my goodness, they have a room specifically for kittens, and it's fantastic. And you get to you pay eight dollars per person for adults. So worth it to spend as me- as much time as you want petting cats, playing with kittens, and holding them and hearing them purr, and them headbutting you and loving on you. So that's why it took you more than 12 hours to get back here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> then I had to, well, we're not getting into that on the, <laughs> on the recording. But yeah, that's part of it. Like, 
I got to play with the kittens and they even have a nice little boutique area where you can still play with cats because cats will be all over the place and buy stuff. So I actually, um, the last time I was in Virginia before this time, picked up one of my coworkers a um, souvenir mm-hmm. from that shop. And it was a cute little teapot in the shape of a cat. Of course it was. It was adorable and I loved it. And I need to find another one now because I want one. <laughs> okay, so let's let's officially end this. Is there something you want to let the people know what you're planning for October? Since October is your month and I will be non-existent. I don't know if I want to leave it a surprise or not. I mean, this is my first time. It'll be my first time, guys. More hosting? Yep, it'll be my first time all by myself hosting. My first month. And it'll be my first Halloween month. I'm not even going to call it October. It's going to be Halloween month. That's what it is. On a somewhat related note, I still have to go out and see The Nun. I want to see it so bad. If you guys don't know what The Nun is, and you really must be living under a rock if that's the point. It's if that's a the horror case. movie. Ooh. <laughs> that voice, though. <laughs> I need to get you into voiceover acting. I really do. <laughs> I really do. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> anyway so you're not going to tell them anything about what you're doing I don't know if I want it to be a surprise or not because if it's a surprise maybe more people will listen <laughs> Do you, they don't know what's coming <laughs> so so you have a guest list we've been over this <laughs> somewhat we, we'll have but I know. What do you mean, we? <laughs> this is your month. I, I didn't mean you. <laughs> anyway. Lucky you're pretty. Aw, thank you. <laughs> I don't think it's luck, though. Alright, so do you want me to say the phrase to end it, or do you want to say it? You go ahead, I'll have enough time next month. So, once again, on behalf of EP Becky, we are not going to do this again. It's Brent here with the job yak. Keep yakking. <laughs>